Hey, everybody, we're going to share with you a really disturbing story today. And it's about one of the many stories that the press is not covering about vaccine injuries on these mRNA and the other vaccines. My guest today is a professional, a very, very successful professional musician. He has made his life, his livelihood for at least four decades as a guitarist. He's an extraordinary guitarist. You can look up his videos on YouTube and see how skilled he is. He's played as a backup guitarist for the Bladders, for the Coasters. He is a professional vocal instructor, but he's also just a workaday musician who's played in Las Vegas. Virtually any city that you can name, he has played in. And he has made a mon money and a living for himself and his family. In July, on the July 4th weekend of last year, he got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. As a result of that vaccine, he ended up in a three-week coma. He was intubated so that it ruined his vocal cords and he could no longer sing. He was intubated too long. Most disturbing, the blood clots, which affected almost all of his organs. And I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about this. Most disturbingly, there were pervasive blood clots that shut down his kidney, shut down many of his other organs, affected his hands and feet. And as a result of that, he had amputations on eight of his fingers. And he now can no longer make his livelihood. And this is something, again, you won't read about in the press. His plight has not been covered and the mainstream media will not touch. There are now, as you know, hundreds of thousands of stories like this that are not being reported in the mainstream media. But I wanted to do the public service of letting one of these victims of these kind of vaccine injuries talk to us today. And and tell his story. And Jeff wanted to tell his story to the world. Jeff, tell us what happened. Well, this all started last year. I had a gig in Atlanta, Georgia, over the July 4th weekend. And I got back from Georgia. And on July the 9th, I got the uh, Johnson & Johnson COVID shot. And the reason I got the Johnson & Johnson COVID shot in the first place is I kept putting it off. I was taking care of my mother. I was her caregiver. And that's the only reason that I got this shot in the first place, or I wouldn't have. I didn't want to come back and God forbid, give her COVID. So I got the COVID shot on July the 9th. And then about a week or a week and a half after that, I was found unconscious in my apartment and I was in a coma, as you mentioned. It ended up for about three weeks and I was taken to a hospital near my residence here in the state of Minnesota. And I was, as I mentioned, unconscious, I was intubated my understanding. I came out of the coma and come to find out that my fingers, eight of them, were amputated. And to my shock and horror and 
amazement that this was done. And there were several people, including doctors and everybody else, the person, the surgeon that did the amputations. And obviously, I had questions and everything else that went on. My kidney function was at zero. I had to wear, obviously, a diaper. I couldn't, my balance, everything was off. I was taking medication that I come to find out that why I was on it, that they were giving me antipsychotic medication, which I had never in my life taken before, and all this medication that I was on. And when I found this out, I mean, I obviously, I mean, I hit the roof and told them, obviously, stop taking it. And they did absolutely nothing for me at all in the six weeks that I was in the hospital and in this setting at all, nothing. You would think that at least they would take me out and walk me around in the summer, at least in a wheelchair or something, you know, to get me out of the room, but nothing at all. I had to wait for the six week period before I went into a nursing home or into a skilled nursing home area for my recovery. And and that continued. I was in there for about a month and a half where, again, you know, I was lucky, lucky to be alive. I had a feeding tube, by the way, I forgot to mention, that was put inside of me as well. That burst open while I was in this nursing home area. And that almost killed me. They had to rush me down to an emergency room at uh, HCMC, which is the hospital which wasn't my choice to go to. But again, the person, you know, saved my life. So everything, again, that was done. But the the doctor in there actually saved my life, you know, with this feeding tube that burst open. That also happened to me. So beside the amputation, and I have been in pain with these fingers ever since. Now, okay, the feeding tube was in, was placed at the hospital when I was in there. And I had the weight, obviously. They wouldn't take it out. I wanted them to take it out. They would not remove the feeding tube. I had to wait. I, I believe it was like six to eight weeks before that they would take the feeding tube out. The doctor that saw me that was in the uh, hospital downtown Minneapolis was going to try to do it, but he was told that he couldn't do it. Although, again, he saved my life. You know, again, blood was gushing, you know, out of my stomach, but I got through that as well. So that was the second thing that took place. So again, you know, with the pain that I've been experiencing that has been going through my fingers. Now, I've been seeing doctors at the Mayo Clinic. There's a place in Rochester that has made fingers for me that possibly I could play uh, guitar again. Uh, The fingers, however, that they've made look great, but the functionality of them have not been, we've been working on that. It's not working out, you know, as far as to play guitar again, possible, you know, playing piano. As far as my singing voice, that has bounced back a little bit, but still having a big problem with that, uh, getting my voice back you know, from what has taken place, you know, from what I have been going through. Again, all from this Johnson and Johnson, I believe from the Johnson and Johnson COVID shot that I got. Well, you say you believe it. Did the doctors acknowledge that this came from your vaccine? There's been one doctor that says a possibility. Most of them 
have said that they won't say one way or the other. They have actually, there has been one doctor that has said possibly that it, it has, but most of them won't commit and say that it has or it hasn't. They won't commit to it and, and say it has or it this, from the Johnson shot. Has anybody reported your injury to VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, as a vaccine injury or a potential vaccine injury? Yes, it's, it has been reported. I have an attorney that I found that has reported it to the CIPC court and haven't heard anything back from that. My understanding is that you cannot sue the pharmaceutical companies, but it has been reported to, I guess, the agency, it's called, what, CIPC, my understanding. It's called CIPC, CIPC court. And who reported it? Did your doctor report it or did your lawyer? Yeah, uh, the attorney, the lawyer did. The lawyer did. You don't know if your doctor has reported your injury as a, as a potential vaccine injury to the vaccine adverse that I do, reporting system? That I do not know. Okay, well, you might want to ask your doctor to do that, particularly, you know, I'm not a Minnesota lawyer, but I can tell you that your, it's important for your court case that it is reported to the Varuses. I'm sure your attorney knows that. Did you have any other injury? Did you have like brain fog, any kind of brain injuries or cognitive difficulties? No, not that I can remember as far as any brain injury, so to speak. It was primarily the the zero percent of the kidney function. There were no there was no kidney function uh, incontinence. The that balance issues that I could not balance at all. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the main thing was the amputations with the blood clots was a big issue. But not that I can remember with the uh, with any brain injuries, so to speak. Uh, no. That, that I can remember. When you woke up, were you in a coma solid for three weeks or were you going back in, a, in and out? I was in a coma for three weeks. I don't remember. Okay, so take, us, take us to the moment when you wake up and somebody tells you that your fingers are amputated. Were there a, was, were there a bunch of doctors in the room who told you or how did you find that out? Yes. Actually, somebody did mention it, one of the doctors, and I kind of looked, the surgeon that performed it, it was a plastic surgeon that did that, uh, that did the amputation, and he had mentioned something, and I had looked at my fingers, and he is the one, I, I believe, that pointed it out, yes, that, that brought it up. And what was your response at that moment? Well, it, it, one of two things, they said that I, I could have been very despondent and could have taken it, been depressed for the rest of my life. And I was told the way my personality is and the way I looked at it, it was very, uh, again, Health. I could have looked at it two different ways. Yeah. The way I just kept approaching it is that I, it could have been where I, I could have been, you know, depressed or just kind of not laughed it off, but approached it a little a little differently and just you just said, okay, well, this is what it has to be and take a day-to-day -day kind of situation and kind of live with it and, and do what I needed to do to try to survive and do what I needed to do. Oh, you, it was acceptance. At, at yeah. Practicing. When they made that decision, 
was that completely a medical decision or did was there members of your family consulted or friends or anybody else? That's a good question. The person that was gonna make the decision was supposed to have been my mother, but my mother had dementia and she was in a nursing home situation. And so then they turned to my brother and my brother claims that he didn't wanna have anything to do with it to make any decision whatsoever. So I'm not exactly sure how they came to the decision to make. Uh, he claims that they told the doctors to ask me, but obviously I was in a coma. So I don't know how they were going to ask me to make that decision to have this done. So I don't know what gave them, again, the right. I don't know what I would have said. I don't know what, if I, again, to make the decision to have my fingers amputated the way I made my living playing guitar to have it done or not do it. But I was told that if I didn't have them done, that they would self-amputate and that I would not be alive, that I would die. That's what I was told. And so do you have hope that you might at some point go back to your profession? I'm hoping I'll be able to play guitar again. Yes, I have been going out and doing shortened, if you will, kind of gigs, singing telegrams or shortened type of engagements where I can do some type of singing engagements. But yes, it is my hope. And even if it is playing piano, I try to play a little bit of piano. I started on piano. I'm not as good a piano player as I am a guitarist. I was quite proficient playing guitar more so than I am a pianist. I was a better guitarist than I was playing piano as well. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I've watched you play guitar on YouTube. In fact, I sent a YouTube video of you yesterday to Eric Clapton, who's also very impressed by your guitar playing. So that is a really uh, nice endorsement. Let me ask you one last question. Uh, why did you want to do this podcast? Because I want to get the word out. I mean, what has happened to me, obviously... I don't want to see this happen to anybody else. And I mean, I think it's a crime what has happened, what has gone on. People have got to be held accountable for what has happened, especially, you know, as I say, I just don't want it to be about me, 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 but I'm sure there are a lot of other people that this has happened to in the United States, if not around the world. But this is definitely has got to be brought to the forefront and brought to the light. And some people have got to be held accountable for what has happened. And it's not right. It definitely is not, it's not right what has gone on and what continues to go on. Is there any way people can find you and support you? Yeah, jeffdiamondmusic.com. That's how they can find me. And I'm on Facebook. And I'm on uh, Twitter as well, but yeah, jeffdiamondmusic.com. Jeff Diamond, thank you for your courage and your example. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your time. And I appreciate you having me and letting me tell my story. Thank you very, very much. God bless. God bless.